All right, Selena, we're getting back into the swing of things mm-hmm. with the Fierce Marriage Podcast. We still have our little sweet baby, Sunny. She's over there. She's down below. She may make another cameo appearance. She made her first appearance last week. And we're going to kind of continue our conversation last week. We talked about how to uh, stay connected when you bring a new baby home. Mm-hmm. And that has lots of ways that you stay connected emotionally, spiritually, physically, even. (laughs) Communicationally. Communicationally. (laughs) And so today we're going to talk about that more on the intimacy side of things. And this will apply for not just bringing a baby home, but really any situation where the conditions are averse to building what we're calling a one-match fire. Mm. Now, the fire in this instance is going to be your intimacy. And fire is good. It warms us in the right context. It can be warming. It can be nourishing, comforting. Uh, But it's not always easy to start a fire, especially if you're out in the wilderness in a survival situation, which having a new baby sometimes feels that way and other situations can feel that way as well. So we're going to cover out, we're going to cover the details of a one match fire on the other side. Welcome back, folks. Ryan here. This is my lovely wife, Selena. We are the Fredericks. We are the Fierce Family on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed to us here and or there, if you're listening, make sure you go there. If you're listening to this, this is the Fierce Marriage Podcast. Mm-hmm. This is the marriage side of the ministry that God has given us to steward for the time being. We also do parenting episodes every Thursday. We'd love for you to join us there. Today, uh, Selena, we're talking about this one-match fire. Mm-hmm. Now, where did you get this idea? <laughs> I did not have this idea. This was something that he shared with me uh, yeah. because he's been writing some fiction for our girls, um, and hopefully it will be written and out there for the world in the next year or so. Uh, but he's been reading about how to write, right? Because that's something that we need to be good at. It's kind of our trade, and it's not something that comes easily and naturally for us. So how do we uh, do this well? And so he came across this idea of a one-match fire. Well, it has to do with survival. I So I like to have a craft book always in rotation, mm-hmm. right? Selena knows this. I'm always reading something about writing, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, or uh, just generally how to articulate ideas in an effective way because we, we want to communicate well. I don't want to waste my time for writing, but I want to do it as well as we and can. we don't want to waste your time. <laughs> yeah, we want to waste our readers' time, our viewers' time. Um, and so I'm always reading a book about the craft, so to speak. And this yeah. particular author is from Oregon, which we're in the Pacific Northwest, and I, I immediately know what she's talking about. She's like, we as a kid, we grew up camping. And whenever you camp in the Northwest, <laughs> like 90% of the time, you're going to be in some situation where you're getting wet. Yeah. Because you're in the mountains. We, live, we have the marine, you know, layer Layered. coming in we have the just the humidity and the cold and the conditions for rain and so she said a lot of times what they would be challenged with is lighting a one match fire and immediately i knew what she's talking about but you may not know what i'm talking about and what that means is sometimes in a survival situation or a camping situation i'll say you need to start a fire with just what you have on hand or what you, what you can gather from the near vicinity in a situation that is averse to lighting a fire. And so what you need to do is you prepare it in a way that you have kind of the easy burning stuff at the bottom, the tinder, the dry kind of stuff that will ignite really quickly. You can light that with another layer above it and layer and layer and it gets thicker and the wood the wood gets denser and it might, might even get a little bit damper. Knowing that if you have the little fire, it'll feed off it and it'll grow. So basically with one match you can light because you only have about 10 seconds with the match. Yeah. And you can light this fire and it will grow. And so we, I got to thinking, like, that's very similar to, I feel like, times when you're in, in marriage, you're, you feel like you might be in a survival situation or maybe a outdoors, so to speak, situation. And your intimate life uh, does not seem like the conditions of your marriage are conducive to having 
a healthy, intimate life. Mm-hmm. And so I came up with this. I thought, let's talk about that. Let's let's bring that idea and apply it to marriage, and hopefully, some couples will find it helpful. Well, and it's a pretty hot topic for us right now because we are still where she's almost four weeks old. Uh, tomorrow actually and so we're kind of working through some of this ourselves of you know staying connected how can we um how can we kind of gather that tinder find the materials that we have in hand right now and and use those to continue to kind of keep the warmth and closeness Mm -hmm. uh with each other uh when we can't you know kind of just hop in the sack and you know enjoy life together you know so there's there's other ways but um i guess yeah there's a good caveat here too, is that yeah. we're uh, we're not trying to create a bonfire, okay? Because there's situations where, and I'm talking about intimately speaking, right? In a in a situation where you're just trying to stay warm, you're trying to maybe cook a, a good meal, you just need a solid fire, right? When your marriage is is in a really strong place, and you have maybe a two story house, so to speak, instead of a, a tent. Again, we're using these analogies back and forth, mm-hmm. but you're living in a house, you might have running water, you have you know, warmth, you have dryness. Then you can start planning, okay, how can we actually go and, pl- and have you know, a nice big bonfire? Meaning that how can, in those times when your marriage is healthy and conditions are stable, that's when you can have, I think, make great strides and advances in your intimate life together. You mm-hmm. can be exploring uh, each other, so to speak, in ways that are maybe new. That would be like a bonfire and having just a grand old time. <laughs> but when you're having a when you when you're in a a different time outside, so to speak, mm-hmm. you just need a, a warm fire. And I want to make that distinction. We're not trying to get to the raging bonfire level here. We're just trying to maintain some warmth, stay connected, mm-hmm. stay healthy, and and be in, uh, uh, intentional about that right. without letting the the con- the uh, conditions just drench us and leave us out in the cold. Right. So some of these external factors, you know, we keep talking about us bringing a baby home. Um, cause that is one, you know, it's a new sort of stress and you are oh, fourth time through for us, but it's new for this season. There's still a, yeah. a child that needs to be fed and changed. Yeah. And then there's three others. Yeah, um, yeah. and then, you know, there's also, you know, maybe one or both of you is, is just stressed out about either work or career. Maybe your kids is extracurricular schedules are just crazy. You're kind of yeah. just heading into a busy season. Um, another one might be just you have big decisions on the horizon. You know, maybe you're considering a move uh, geographically, or you're considering, you know, a career change, or um, maybe even a church change. I mean, there's a lot of uh, that's a lot of big decisions and things to kind of pray through yeah. and sort through, and that can cause yeah. a lot of conversation, and but not necessarily conversation that that may even bring you closer and like make you want to you know start that fire <laughs> so uh, i would add one more to it is that maybe you know and you're acknowledging both of you you're knowing hey we are not particularly yeah. prone to connecting right now i get we're having some communication problems like that to me is like a survival situation as mm-hmm. well where you can it's not necessarily imposed on you but you're having this kind of this environment in your marriage that you know is not conducive yeah. to building a fire yeah and so kind i think of a even, cold snap we've talked we've about, talked about those that before. and even in those moments i think you can say to one another we can agree that this is a tough thing that we're going through we can also agree that intimacy is important can we agree to work on just keeping some semblance of a fire in place now you have to be extraordinarily good communicators and emotionally mature to be able to say that to one another without it erupting in a fight or just clamming up and shutting down. Right. And so actually we have communication books coming out in the coming months that will hopefully help with that process because communication is like the linchpin in all this. <laughs> um, but that's how I want to add that to the mix of maybe an yeah. averse condition condition that a couple might face. Yeah. And I, I mean, you say you have to be an extraordinarily good communicator. I would, I, I mean, 
I do think you need to have a lot of grace for one another when you're talking about these topics. And so um, yeah. okay. we, we may not always be great at it because I think you and I even fall short, of course, many well, times. Grace is one of the markers of an extraordinary communicator. Oh, okay. is being able to have grace for yourself and one another and uh, the situation. I'll take that. Take that. Boom. <laughs> Compromise. So we talked about some of the external factors that might make the conditions not um, ideal for starting a fire keeping that fire going um, to maintain warmth to maintain health mm-hmm. um, so what are some of the materials so what are some of the things that are in our hands right now that we can use no matter what the environment is uh, so the yeah. external circumstances what are what are some of those anchors and materials that we can use what is within our immediate us? reach yes. as a couple to help make that fire startable right. uh, at the first one and to me it's it's the one thing that keeps us I think together no Close, matter what. Yeah, yeah and it's it's the easiest fire for us to start and to burn this material is to stay in god's word together yeah if we are consistently in god's word not like separately and we're we're just both doing our own devotional thing but we are sitting down sitting together down. we set aside time in the morning i mean the baby's kind of thrown a wrench in the gears we're there getting for a bit. back to it we're getting back to it sometime between six o'clock and eight o'clock in the morning yeah. depending on the circumstance we're sitting down, we have our two chairs, and we have our Bibles. We're facing the same table, and the Bibles are open. We're reading through the same plan. Uh, and inevitably, we end up talking about the text. We end mm-hmm. up connecting on whatever issues are on our hearts. It's funny how when you've, you're kind of, this is it's going to sound terrible, but when you're kind of distracted by the Word, like you're reading the Word, and it's the thing you're focusing on, things bubble up in your heart as you mm-hmm. read it, and then you talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it's been an amazing way to stay close to you. And I've never felt like it's been easier to initiate or receive intimacy than it has over the last, Mm -hmm. this particular reading through the Bible. Right, and I think honestly, it's a daily discipline and it's a duty as a a believer. And that's okay to say those things and it's good. Like we shouldn't, it shouldn't always be this experiential high of, (laughs) oh God just Uh, spoke to me of all these things. God has a lot to say and if you wanna come to the table, he will absolutely reveal it to you. Um, but for so long, I think for me personally, I was chasing this emotional experience of reading and being in God's word. And, and yes, it is good. And I walk away usually full and joyful, usually. Um, but sometimes, you know, it's like, okay, I'm reading through Chronicles and we're reading through all the names. God, what <laughs> can you show me here that I may not see right now? And he still is so good to just show me how just mm. the legacy I think of of people and and you you start seeing these names that you become familiar with and you're you know the stories behind them and then you're starting to see God's hand working through these the lives of these yeah. people and the families and the chronicling of them is is so important for order and understanding so anyways uh again a duty a discipline and mm-hmm. it's there for our good and for his glory in us so how dare you say we should read our bible <laughs> how dare such you? a legalist i know like people call you legalism this, or something like that it's because they don't understand what legalism is well yes i mean <laughs> what the gosh. what the bible is yeah and um, god is so f- good and faithful yeah. to just bring fruit in areas yeah. like intimacy that you might not connect with good. oh i'm reading through chronicles yeah hey let's jump in the sack like there is <laughs> there's something being built there <laughs> okay. so tinder okay number one uh being in god's word together number two communication okay mm-hmm. now what is the low-hanging fruit the easy to grab within arm's reach mm-hmm. stuff that i can do to stay close to my wife in terms of my communication well to be honest i can just think about and say things that are kind to her i can encourage her you can say them in a kind way or a patient way or a long-suffering way saying i know i said this to you 30 times but i'm going to say it one more time because i just need you to hear it make sure we like there's 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 ways that we can persevere with one another that we can stay soft towards one another and that will go a long ways especially if you're in a bit of a drought or in a bit of a cold snaps a kind word yeah can melt that 
there's a clear example that is like literally an hour old is uh <laughs> so i'm the chaplain for our local uh, minor league baseball team technically we're chaplains because you've ministered to the women um and i was looking at the calendar i got an email and i was like oh base you know the season starts up in april and selena's like what because <laughs> it's no a, it's my a, response was well that was fun wasn't it yeah <laughs> like, like having time off having time off having the baby and i was just yeah and it, we're still in it it's only february but the way he said it to me i was like well life's over oh <laughs> well, yeah and it's not that yeah. i just told him i was like i need more runway like communication when you talk to me and tell me i need you to say hey this is on the horizon or this is coming not like well april's the first game <laughs> It's yeah, a I little mean, if abrupt you for get, me. Yeah, if, if you're holding a rock in your hand, you can either set it on the ground or you can drop it down and throw it. Like I had <laughs> thrown the rock instead of setting it down. And so, yeah. And it I've caused learned. a little riff, and we, but we learned. Yeah, yeah. My needs and his needs, and it's okay, yeah. and we can do this together. But So one way to stay, as a husband, if I've got my head on a swivel this morning, I did not. If I if I'm, have my situational awareness about me, I can say, <laughs> okay, this is how this might land for my wife. Let me do it. Tell her in a way that is going to inform her without causing her to panic. Right. And I didn't, and, uh, yeah. I think that I didn't respond as off the cuff as I could have or should or usually do. Maybe, maybe I'm taking too much well, pride you in my response. Because you think it stresses me out, but I get stressed out because you get stressed out because you think it's stressing me out <laughs> and it's a vicious cycle. <laughs> so. I mean, ultimately it do, it just affects and it does affect me because he, what affects him affects us and me. And so I wasn't trying to be selfish. I think I was trying to really understand, you know, we do value this. We value this role and God has given mm-hmm. it to us and we're so grateful. He's also given us a teammate too to help. Not yeah. a, a literal, not a Rainier's teammate, but someone else that, yeah. another pastor. And so. The point is, some, and we love that ministry and we're glad to be part of it. It's a volunteer thing. We love it. But the point is, is that there's, there's a way to communicate that is life bringing and keeps you connected and there's a way to communicate that edges you away from one another. And yeah. so you want to, like, this Take is very those opportunities. Easy. This is tinder. This yes. is the dry stuff. Yes. Grab it, throw it on the fire, yes. throw it on the place where you're going to start the fire. So that Absolutely. when you do need to strike that match, that match, it that's, it will be there good. to go yes. to uh, to go to burn. I love it. Uh, number three here is actions and treatment of one another. So uh, in other words, serving one another. So simply doing things that maybe you know we we do have an in marriage we're called to serve one another constantly. Mm-hmm. But there's a way that you can as a spouse go over and above. And this is a s- simple example, but uh, we have these Sonicare toothbrushes and you need to replace <laughs> the for heads. for years and years. <laughs> you need to replace the heads on those every so often when, the, you know, I don't do it as often as they tell you because I'm not an idiot. And I know that's all about just trying to get more money from us. <laughs> but I do do it periodically when it needs, <laughs> needs to happen. And I noticed that yours, I changed mine. So I thought, I'll change, I'll change Selena's as well. And uh, I thought you just put the clear lid on it. I was like, oh, he put the clean, clear lid over the, my brush. That was nice. And I didn't even want to tell you, and I wasn't going to tell you until we were going through this. And I was like, yeah. did you know I did that little thing for you? Should I get some credit for that? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, that might be maybe a little bit more solid wood than just the tinder, just the really quick burning stuff. Sure. Maybe some kindling going on top of that. Right, right. Um, another one. This one is, so a while back we talked with Gary Thomas about, um, and, and Deborah Faleda about their book called Married Sex. And they brought up this concept of simmering. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is along the lines of the fourth version of Tinder that we have here, which is your thoughts and internal dialogue toward mm-hmm. one another. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we ask couples to consider is to schedule time when they can be intimate. Mm-hmm. Because especially if you have a chaotic life, you have kids, it's just a full life. It's easy to, to be too tired to be intimate. Mm-hmm. But by scheduling time, you have it in your the calendar of your mind. Mm-hmm. I have it on, well, we don't have it on a physical calendar, but you could theoretically. You got it on our internal calendar. <laughs> TikTok. Um, but that allows you to anticipate and to think, okay, it's it's Thursday. 
What did uh, there's somebody at church or that at the conference we went to and he talked about what did he call it? It was a certain. It was really funny. It was, I think it was just Thursday. It's Thursday. Yeah, Thursday, and so like it could be, it could be like Tuesday, and, and they'd like, be like, "Hey, is it Thursday right now?" <laughs> um, but in your minds, you know, it's like code. it's code. Yeah, and so uh, you know to anticipate and to maybe shoot a text, say, yeah. "Hey, I'm looking forward to some time with you later." By the way, you looked awesome this morning when I saw you. Yeah, and I think one of the uh, one of the things I want to say here that Deborah said was that you know, don't you get like tired or doesn't it take kind of the magic out and you know it's the end of the day and you're tired you don't want to like have to do this with your spouse because i think that's again some of the dialogue that we can allow into our hearts and she said it so beautifully and i probably won't say it do it justice but she was just like no at the end of the day like i want to fall into his arms like i want i want that connection i want to be close to him like that is the closing the beautiful closing of a great day like what a different orientation and what a different orientation and so um I just was so, I think, encouraged and challenged mm. by that, uh, that dialogue and that how she thinks and talks about her husband. It's like, oh yes, this is my one of the safe places that God's given me, and I want to, yeah. um, I want to be close to Him, and I want to enjoy. I want us to enjoy each other. So it goes from being an obligation and a duty to a blessing and, and a gift. And of course, and there's a lot of dynamics at play, and, and hopefully, your marriage would be in a place where you can feel that level of intimacy and trust. I think you can chip away at that with the little the there. little thoughts and the little okay I'm going to step out and make this yeah. effort a little bit more today. Yeah. It goes a long ways. Yeah, so Tinder just to recap, uh, these are the kind of the things that are within your immediate reach that you can use to begin to build that one match fire so that when you do have the match and you've got the moment to light it, it actually ignites something. The first one is being God's word together. The mm-hmm. second one is communicating, generously speaking kindly to one another. Mm-hmm. Uh the, the third one is your actions and how you're treating one another, going out of your way to serve in small ways. Mm-hmm. And the fourth one is your thoughts and internal dialogue is begin to kind of, in your own mind, imagine what lighting the match will be like right. when that time will come. Right. And then from there, you move on to larger pieces of wood, whether that's, you know, it's just picture a fire getting bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to use your imagination in this. So how do you, what, what are the next things that you would put on top of the, uh, the tinder we've just laid out? So I guess taking that next step, um, you know, if you're talking about your your action, your um, communication, that next step might be having a discussion about your intimate life and mm. um, taking that tangible step, like you said, of, of putting it on the schedule and trusting that it's not going to take the magic away, right, or the spontaneity away. I mean, s- still be yeah. spontaneous, but know that you, knowing that you have these times set aside for each other, I think really is, it brings honor to your marriage and to the marriage bed, and it keeps you close. It keeps you warm, so to speak, right? And it keeps... So you're saying moving from general communication, kind of let's let's be good spouses. Let's just be nice to one another. Let's communicate kindly. Moving from that into the intentional communication around what does our intimate life need to look like now mm-hmm. in this moment, and what should we expect? Right. What should I expect from you? What should you expect from me? Right. It's funny you talk about it taking the magic out of it because spontaneity is great, but there's something it's not almost really real equally as yeah. as uh, what's the word? I don't I don't like many of the words that go around this conversation. There's something equally as steamy, I'll say, about like almost being completely yeah. non spontaneous and saying, yeah. "Oh, we can't wait till nine o'clock tonight right. when I'm going to uh, do my dance for you." <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> and having kids is. in the house, it's really hard to be spontaneous. Yes. I mean, you maybe can. You know your house. You know you know when you can kind of do that but yeah i you know it's, it's you just spontaneity is like 
well, it's not Thursday, so do you want to, it's nine o'clock. <laughs> you know, it's, it's that's spontaneity. It's not like, hey, let's just uh, head up before I take the kids to let's school. Let's just <laughs> shove all this stuff off the kitchen counter. <laughs> like, you know, or, you know, whatever. Oh my, yes. Drive up to make out point. <laughs> whatever the kids are doing these what days. Are the doing kids should days? not be doing that. Let's just be honest. Let's be clear. Mm-mm. Okay, so discussing your intimate life together. Um, and that can be tangible. Uh, you said scheduling sex, um, also texting one yeah. another. The, the whole little, idea of simmering, I yeah. think, too. Check that out. By the way, we do have a on, on our um, website. If you go to shop.fiercemarriage.com, we have online courses there. And one of them is uh, married sex. And we mm-hmm. do talk with Deborah Felita and Gary Thomas, mm-hmm. and they get into a lot of this in detail. Um, but that's available for you if you want to check that out. It's it's a mini course. Uh, we highly encourage you to do that. Yeah. Um, just to go deeper on that topic. No. Yeah. So some of the, I don't know if there's one more larger block of wood we want to talk about with one another. You know, we talk, I mean, I just think scheduling across the board. So scheduling to be in God's word together, scheduling to communicate, um, I think transparently and have time and, and breadth for those deeper discussions. Yeah. Um, uh, discussing you know how you're treating one another, how each other's feeling about how you're treating one another and your heart orientation towards that. And, you know, Ta- scheduling time for mm-hmm. for that, um, scheduling time to do those actions, right? Um, and scheduling time to about your like your thought life and what what is that well, entailing? And to carry the, the analogy to its fruition, when I'm picturing the tinder, that's the easy stuff, and then it gets to kindling, and then you have the the actual logs of wood. Those are the things that are the hardest to get burning. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that would be like the actual endeavor itself. When you've you've lit the fire, you've let the heat build, it's been ready you've to schedule be Schedule the things, but now you're actually doing And so now we're actually together. Thing. And so uh, as you might, you know, someone might, the logs are burning, okay? <laughs> I don't know how to say it. And we are the logs and we are on fire. <laughs> um, and I think that's where the analogy goes. Feel free to leave a comment if I've missed <laughs> something obvious in the analogy. But uh, I think the whole point is just setting the stage for the this, logs to burn. This, yeah, to, to, to make it an ideal scenario where you can get the logs to, yeah. to, to burn. And uh, yeah, Selena, you're a beautiful, beautiful log. My beautiful brown log. <laughs> okay, uh, so we are going to talk. Scripture last. Ultimately, I know, we probably should have no-no. come out of the gate with this. But we kind of wanted to just have the discussion so that you're kind of you're already thinking about ways of how to do this, but also you know quickly we have um, this is ultimately a talk about how can we love one mm-hmm. another better, right? As spouses, um, the Bible does give you know some direction and instruction on on husbands bit. and wives and, and that. But I also uh, being that this is kind of a conversation about love, which ironically we're recording this on um, Valentine's Day, <laughs> which we did nothing for we as a marriage not ministry. Sorry, mean to yeah, but hey. You should be loving each other. We do each have a blog all post the time. that talks about the history of St. Valentine's Day. Uh, it's 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 riveting. It's a riveting read. Check it out it's on our website. So a couple of, of verses. First um, Corinthians has a few, obviously, um, that we'll get to. But the first one I wanted to talk about was John 15, 12 and 13. Uh, Jesus, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this. Uh, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Mm. Uh, so talking, okay, so once again, we have love being set aside, being set up as the greatest of these. This is his commandment. The first commandment is to love the Lord your God. So again, loving God. Um, and Ooh, that's loaded. Because when you can love God <laughs> as he has loved you, which he loves us first, right? First John four nineteen is we love because he loved us first. He yeah. first loved us. And so we can only love in a way that is 
selfless, that is full of grace, <laughs> full of... Well, that's something that is a reinterpretation of his love toward us. Right. Uh, but here's why this passage is tricky to me, because this is like the bludgeon passage that's always used when you talk about like, you know, cultural issues, like, hey, it's not okay for uh, gay, gay people to get married, right? And someone will say, well, like, you aren't being loving by saying that. I'm, I'm, I don't mean to go down that rabbit trail, but I'm saying like, there is a definition of love that we need here, because right. is it loving to let someone continue in sin that's outlined in sin, and, right. and, and, and behavior that's outlined in sin, or in the Bible as sin, excuse me. Is that loving? Is it greater love is no man than this, no one than this, that uh, they lay down their life for his friends? Hmm. Okay, um, so we need to know what God means by love, mm -hmm. what, what Jesus meant Good when he call. said love. And so for that, we go to God's word again, to mm -hmm. 1 Corinthians 13. This is what love is. And this is, again, take all this and think now th through how this might apply to the one match fire. The way of love is this, if I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and knowledge, if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. So um, it's interesting, I'm sorry, just what he's talking about. I, I, you probably might read the whole chapter. Uh, it's like 15 verses or something, so it's not too terribly long, but... Um, so speaking, it, it's it's like kind of displays, right? So uh, he's talking with men and angels, like if it's a display of of crossing over into like the unseeable, you know, the the spiritual realm. And so, but if I don't have love towards my neighbor, then I'm just I'm just noise. I'm just making noise. If I have prophetic powers and I can understand things and I am knowledgeable, but I don't love, then I. I am nothing if I have um, you yeah. know faith to to do these big displays of moving mountains and well the context is that he's talking to the church and they are they are doing church things right. in a way in a manner versus, unbecoming of yes. the bride of Christ yes and he's saying you're doing all the things that the church should do but you're doing it in a way that is not without becoming love. without without love sorry <laughs> loaf what I say <laughs> they also probably broke bread at some point and there were loaves involved. <laughs> I am a little hungry. <laughs> no. Love the loaf. Uh, and so he's basically saying, he's, he's setting them straight. And yeah. so in a way we can set our own heart straight. It's like, I did dishes for you. What's the big deal? Like, yeah, come on. I took the garbage out. It's time for us to be close. Yeah. I did what you wanted. Now give me the goods. <laughs> that's not loving. That's manipulative. <laughs> right. That's that's tit for tat. We're yeah. not fans of that. That rhymes. There you go. <laughs> uh, and then Paul goes on. Love is patient, kind. Uh, it's not does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable, or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. That's the part of love that I want to emphasize here. We talked about that and the mis misinterpretation of love in our culture is that love basically that version of love says you should rejoice in wrongdoing. Mm. We're saying no, love does not rejoice in wrongdoing, and it rejoices with the, the truth. truth. We're not going to tell you a lie that what you're doing is good and blessed by God. And that's not just the one issue I mentioned, but it could be any number of yeah. cultural issues. Yeah. Cohabiting is a big one of those. Sleeping around before marriage, mm -hmm. uh, of all manner, you know, mm -hmm. being, drunkenness, uh, pornography addiction, all those things. I will not rejoice in those things with you because I love you. I will rejoice in the truth, and the truth is you can repent and mm -hmm. believe in the gospel. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, and he goes on. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love is strong, people. Love is strong enough if we will submit ourselves to love Himself, and mm -hmm. that is the God of the Bible and what He has what He has said to us about it. Um. And then first, I mean, the end, it ends with, you know, so now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Mm. Um, I just, again, love is, is, is elevated out of these. And, and I think we need to under take that and understand that 
love is important. Love the way we do things and with the the heart that we do things. No. It matters to God, and well, it's and I think the reason is because faith, because love is the natural outworking of true faith and true hope, mm-hmm. and and it's the kind of love again that, that the Bible gives us. It's not good feelings love. It's the love that says, if you really believe these things, your hope is truly in Christ. Then right. your love will show it, and if your love is not showing that, then then where's the faith and where's the hope? Right, and there, love must is be elsewhere. Clearly, not a feeling. Right, it is a. It's called the way of love. That's the title of. Yeah. The chapter of 1 Corinthians 16, 14. I'm going to back up to one more verse before it says, Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. So this is final instructions to the Corinthians, and then he goes into 2 Corinthians. Hmm. We did talk about this verse before when you were talking about being men. Um, but even, you know, he's giving men these instructions of being watchful, stand firm in the faith, like act like men, be strong. But then in all of these things that you do, you have to they have to be done in love otherwise they're just things that are done without yeah. it's just a checklist and it doesn't set us apart i mean non-believers can do these things let all that you do be done as an outworking of the faith and hope you have in christ amen therefore let it be done in love yeah and so if we are doing things as an outworking of our own personal worldview and it's not necessarily rooted in our faith and hope in christ mm-hmm. then it's a good chance we're not doing that thing in love we're rooting it in something else right and we must always use this as our plumb line, our calib- our calibration, 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 <laughs> smart calibration point is the word of God. And so that's what I'm trying to do here. And that's yeah. what we're doing with this idea of love with respect to what it means to create a one match fire. Mm-hmm. Okay, Hopefully full circle there. Um, so the conversation challenge, as you've listened to this episode, go home and just consider with your spouse, choose one area. Yeah communication, actions, or thoughts, and discuss with them how you can keep that one-match fire ready to be lit. Yeah. And don't start with, here's what you can do for me, but instead <laughs> ask your spouse, <laughs> how, how can I speak to you more kindly? Yeah. Like, mind-blowing moment it's for every so husband, good. right? Like, it's go to your so wife good. and say, how have I loved you well, and how can I love you better? Yeah. It's music to your ears, I think, as just a spouse of saying, yeah. Oh, and all of your, all of, I mean, ideally, anything that you're holding up against them would crumble and you would be like, oh gosh, this is what I, it's it's just melting, it's heat. Heat and this is, is starting and, and it's melting away, yeah. kind of the coldness, yeah. the sin, the frustrations, the shortcomings. Is it, it's am I wrong in thinking all. that it's disarming for a wife? Absolutely. For a, like this scenario, a husband comes home, okay, I realize we've not been connecting well, whatever the issue is, I love you and I want to experience a healthy, intimate life with you. Mm-hmm. But I realize that I've not, I've failed at times. How can I love you better? How have you felt loved in the past? Yeah. Please just tell me. Mm-hmm. I want to be close to you. I want to love you mm-hmm. in every way, mm-hmm. including our intimate life, but I realize that it's not just that. There's more to it. Well, Is that disarming to a wife? I would say so. I would hope so. And the wife could say the same to her husband as well. Um, Again, the yeah. point Sorry. is, is it's, uh, it, the orientation is, I have uh, I have not acted in in perfect faith and hope in Christ and how I've loved you. Mm-hmm. Help me do beginning it, help me with do that repentance better. and yeah and being yeah. and humble being humble because it can sound manipulative if it's if the humility isn't there right. So yeah, well the gospel is humbling yeah. and that's why uh, we always end with it is because it is from that place of knowing who Christ is and knowing who God is mm-hmm. that we finally begin to understand our need and our depth yeah. of need and of depth of depravity really in light of who it's i heard a theologian say this like we can look at the ground all we want we can think our vision's great but then we look up to the sun we realize just how poor our eyes are at staring at the sun 
They can't do it. We can't behold its glory. Yeah, we cannot. It's too bright for us. And so if we stop, if we never look at God himself, we look at our own lives, we think we're doing pretty good. I look at my neighbor. He's, I'm bad, but I'm not that bad. Now, when we turn our eyes up and we look Mm -hmm. to the person and work of God in Christ, the love of God, the righteousness of God, the holiness, justice, we're blinded. Well, we realize, and our goodness is of dirty is just dirty rags. We realize that we cannot withstand His glory as we are. Mm-hmm. We need a Redeemer because we, we've sinned against Him, and so that Redeemer, of course, is Christ. If you want to learn more about who Jesus is and what that means to follow Him, to become a Christian, to put your faith in Him, we would love nothing more than for folks watching this, hearing this, to do that. And the way you can start that journey is to go to thenewsisgood.com, and it just gives you a little gospel primer we have paul washer on there uh, we have some other uh tips and how to maybe uh, i guess not tips doctrines <laughs> not the same thing uh, and then you can go down that path Whoa. and find a church find somebody to um to walk alongside you let's pray <laughs> father god thank you for the gift it is uh to be married the gift it is to share intimacy with um, a spouse my spouse with the, the couples listening listening to this watching this i pray they would behold the gift it is to be married. I pray that even in their hardship that they would see the goodness of it. If they're struggling in their marriage, if their husband's not responsive, if mm-hmm. the wife is not responsive, if uh, they've, if they're on the brink of divorce, Lord, I pray that you would work a miracle. Mm-hmm. And I pray that that miracle starts with beholding you, the true God of the Bible, the true God, our Savior, who has loved us so much in such a way that we could know you mm-hmm. and you've asked us to love each other in a similar way. So Lord, I pray that you'd bring those couples closer together and I pray that you would help them flourish, even if it starts with a tiny little fire, so that eventually they can get to a place of consistent warmth and health in their marriage. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for sticking around. This has been fun. Yep. If you keep seeing me look down, it's because our little one's just right down there. So when she's yeah. squirming around, I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> uh, we don't but, do this often, but next week we're going to talk about, should we combine our bank accounts? Hmm? We had a, a, a good not, question My money's not going in your money account. <laughs> It's my money. I always spend her money on things that I don't really want. <laughs> she wants them. Anyway, should you should you join your bank accounts? Should they be merged? And should they be shared? Hmm. Uh, we'll we're going to talk about that, that in detail next week. Yes. Uh, if you have a question, you can go to fiercemarriage.com slash ask, A-S-K, and you can ask a question there. That's where we get a lot of this topic ideas. Mm-hmm. Other than that, this episode of Fierce Marriage is... And we can. See you again in seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce.